Today we are answering the five most frequently asked questions about the end times. And your priest won't agree with us about number four. Let's talk about it. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're delighted that you have joined us today. We do want to warn you, we're talking about five prophecy questions. These are questions that get asked a lot. We're going to go through each one and answer them to the best of our abilities. Um, And like I said, you're priests, but you might also not agree with us about number four. So you have to stick around and see what that is. Now, I do want to make mention, today's a very special day. It's launch day for our brand new lesson, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. So in the Bible, God gave us a timeline of events from the beginning all the way into eternity. And so as the end approaches, we are going to witness the establishment of the kingdom of the Antichrist, the false prophet, unprecedented revival, and much more. Now you need to know that you, yes you, if you can hear me, I'm talking about you, you have the ability to pinpoint where we are on this timeline from God. You can also understand how you fit into it, and you can be filled with hope in God's plan for the future. So, you can get assurance by watching our brand new video, The Future According to Bible Prophecy. i got to tell you, this month only, so it's April, for this month only, You can get your free copy of the Future According to Bible Prophecy DVD when you give a gift of any amount. And you need to know it ships in May. All right, it's April right now. It will ship in May. So go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME and you will be one of the first to receive our brand new DVD. So do that today, endtime.com slash future. It's a good one, Doug. Yeah, I got to watch the trailer. Uh, oh, early access. Yeah, huh? so it's pretty exciting. I can't wait to see what it looks like uh, with graphics and everything to it. So. Now, now the, the, you mentioned the trailer. That is actually posted at endtime.com slash future. There's a few minutes there where you can kind of get a preview of what the whole lesson will look like. Again, you can pre-order it today for a gift of any amount and um, watch the trailer, and it will ship in May. So go, be sure to do that now. All right, Doug, five answers to questions about the end times. Yeah, so we get a lot of questions here, but these are like the top five. And I would have liked to have done more, but these are pretty uh, complex questions that people ask, and there's a lot of information that we can give to answer these. And so uh, we're going through the top five. We have more than that that people ask, but these are... The top five. Number one is, where is rapture in the Bible? So where is rapture in the Bible? Are you just trying to make people mad today or what? No, I'm I'm just being honest with the questions we get because we do get asked that question. And of course, you know, 
Rapture and resurrection, those, those are the same thing. The resurrection, the Bible talks about the resurrection, but it does actually talk about a word that rapture comes from. And, and that's found in 1 Thessalonians. Well, and that's kind of a problem, too, because people say rapture isn't in the Bible. Right. And then they get all up in arms about us even talking about it or anybody else talking about it. And it's just part of the established system to deceive everyone. Yeah. And more. There's, and a, more. there's a black hole there that we could yeah. go down. That's true. So the, the word rapture actually is not in the Bible. But there is a word that means what rapture is talking about there. And so. you mentioned First Thessalonians. That's chapter 4, verse 17. It says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together mm-hmm. with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Yeah. Caught up caught together. Up. Yeah. So the Greek word for caught up is, oh. yeah. It's, You're getting a little deep for me already. I know. There's a lot of people that, you know, that's what they'll say. Well, have you looked at the Greek or have you looked at the Hebrew? And there's a really easy way to do that. If you have certain Bible apps, you can just go and look those up and it gives you answers to it. So the Greek word that's used there for caught up is harpazo. And it means to seize or carry off by force. Claim one for, uh, claim for oneself eagerly or... To snatch out or snatch away. That's what that word means. And so when we say rapture, we're referring really to the resurrection, like I said before. Um, and so why do we call it the rapture? Well, it's, it's a catching away, and that's what that word means. Harpazo means that. So the catching away, the calling up or the ca- or caught up to be with the Lord in the air. There's several different Bible scriptures that, that talk about that and. Uh, so I put a few of them down here today so that we can discuss it. And one of the first ones I, I did was Matthew twenty four thirty one. All right. It says, um, starting in verse 31, And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, mm-hmm. and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Yeah, so when you give someone that answer and you say, you know, this is talking about the rapture or the resurrection. One of the things they always say is, well, it says from the four ends or the uh, from one end of heaven to the other. So that's happening in heaven. That's not, you know, talking about people being resurrected from the earth. This is talking about people in the heavens. So to back it up and show that, it, yes, it is indeed talking about us being caught up with the Lord. Mark has the same uh, story there, but he says it in a different way. So Mark 13, verse 27. says, And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Yeah. So it lets us know there that the earth is, it's the harvest of the earth. It's talking about the earth there. And we're going to join the Lord in the air. And uh, so these are scriptures that kind of let us know what that means, being caught up and carried off to be with the Lord. There's another one in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 where Paul talks about it. All right, verse 1, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Yeah, so once again, he's talking about the coming of the Lord. He's talking about being gathered together unto him. Same thing, Matthew 24 
in Mark 13 is talking about, that catching away. So uh, those are very good scriptures where we can kind of start off and, and, and go there. And Now, there's a lot more to that. We have yeah. lessons on Into the Age Plus and available on DVD if you prefer physical copy um, about the rapture. But the question, where is rapture in the Bible? I guess the short answer is that word specifically is not. Right. However, there are many scriptures that talk about this event that apparently along the way has been coined rapture. I don't know when that happened. I guess you do or don't. Or I really don't we know, know that. We when, figure that out. when we started saying rapture, but that harpazo means to be called away. All right. Well, that's the first of five questions. We have four more. We'll start addressing those immediately after the break. Right now, there are tens of thousands of Jewish immigrants stranded in Ukraine as Russia invades city after city with no regard for human life. 3,000 Jews are ready to return to Israel today. The need for evacuation, shelter, flights, and emergency housing, nearly $10 million. The Jews in Ukraine need your help. If half of you gave just $250 toward this need, it would be met in full today. Please consider giving to help Jews safely escape Ukraine. To give or learn more, go to endtime.com Ukraine or call 800-END-TIME. That's endtime.com Ukraine or 800-363-8463. I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Welcome back to Into the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We are taking your calls today. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. As you know, we're talking about five answers to questions about the end times. And I told you before, your priest, and maybe you, won't agree with us about number four. And we're not going to tell you what that is yet. You'll just have to stick around. The first question was, um, where is rapture? The word rapture in the Bible. And we aren't going to get into the answer again on that. But if you're just now joining us live, you can watch the archive here in about an hour or so at endtime.com or watch.endtime.com and get the full answer there. Uh, before we get into question number two, I want to remind you today's a special day because our brand new lesson, The Future, um, has now launched for pre-order. 
So you can be one of the first ones to get this lesson. In it, we're going to talk about um, the establishment of the kingdom of the Antichrist, the false prophet, unprecedented revival that's coming, and a whole lot more than that. And the good thing about it is, is we're not telling you um, doom and gloom. We're not going to try to scare you into donating money to something or scare you into doing anything for that matter. Um, we are wanting to tell you what the Bible says is coming, and it's on a timeline. Dave actually teaches through a timeline on it, um, and he's just telling you what's coming according to Bible prophecy. And in it, you're going to be able to pinpoint where we are in this timeline. You're going to be able to understand how you fit into the scheme of things, um, and you're going to be able to have hope in God's plan for our future. And so you can do that by watching this lesson. You can pre-order it today at endtime.com slash future, or you can call us 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Now, the good thing is, is we're making it totally free for your gift of any amount. So a lot of times these things cost $20, $25, $30, but we've just decided that we're going to make it available for whatever you feel led to give. And so you can do that at endtime.com slash future again. And that's available for this month only uh, for a gift of any amount, and it will ship in May. So make sure you do that today, endtime.com slash future. Another great thing about that lesson is it gives you answers for questions that you'll have from people. So it gives you a lot of information. You're going to learn from that. You'll be able to share that information with other people and help them to understand what to expect in the near future. Because, man, it's it seems like it's wrapping up very quickly here. Well, and everyone loves a good timeline. Yeah, that's And there's true. a timeline that will display on the screen. And yeah. Uh, Dave will walk us through that timeline and teach right from that. So yeah. uh, you definitely want to have this DVD. Now, they can't, sense, they can't censor DVDs. Mm-mm. They may not play it on your local Christian network or on your <laughs> favorite channel, but you can hit that DVD player, push play, and there'll be no censorship um, in that regard. All right, Doug. Next question, question number two. Are we ready to get into this? Absolutely. Let's jump. Question right number in. one was where is rapture in the Bible? We mm-hmm. covered it already. Right. Question number two: When does the rapture or resurrection happen? When does the rapture or the resurrection happen? Right. And so, one of the best places in Scripture to see this, and we'll have to explain it. I know, but it explains the timing of this rapture. Uh, in Matthew 24, and it's verse 29 through 31. And we read part of it a while ago, but we're, when you read this, you get an idea of the timing of the rapture. All right, so Matthew chapter 24, starting in verse 29. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> uh, might be having a replay of that. Um, it says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, And the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. How does that answer this question, Doug? 
Okay, so we have, this is Jesus talking here in Matthew 24, Vince. And so what we have is, it says immediately after the tribulation of those days. When you're looking at at this scripture and you understand that this is Jesus talking about this, he says some things here that are also in the book of Revelation in the sixth seal. He talks about the sun being darkened, the moon not giving her light, the stars falling from the heavens, and a, a great shaking uh, what we can know as uh, an earthquake, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. So everybody will see him come, and it says, Then he shall send out his angels to gather his elect with the great sound of a trumpet. And so it gives us that information, lets us know that this time is going to be after the tribulation of those days. Now, you know, if you read the scriptures prior to this, uh, in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, Vince, it talks about um, the abomination of desolation. It goes into explaining that that event, the abomination of desolation, when the Antichrist will be revealed, that that is what triggers the Great Tribulation. So the Great Tribulation, we know from other scriptures, lasts three and a half years. Daniel chapter 7 tells us it's time, times, and the dividing of time. Uh, in Revelation, it tells us 42 months. In other places in Revelation, Revelation 13 says 42 months. Revelation uh, 12 tells us, or 11 tells us 1,260 days. So it tells us in different places that this same amount of time, the Great Tribulation, is going to be three and a half years. Well, Jesus says immediately after that time, uh, the tribulation of those days is when we will see him come back in the clouds. And then that's when we'll be gathered up to him. There's also other scripture, Vince, that uh, lets us know the timing of this as well. So, but for that one, yeah, it's really clear. If I say, when does the rapture happen, and I only have this verse to go off of, mm-hmm. the answer is very clearly, immediately after the tribulation of those days. Yeah. Unfortunately, today it's not, we can't say it's September 3rd, whatever year. Right. We don't have that much detail at this point. But yeah. from this, we can say immediately after the tribulation of those days. Yeah. And so we can look at that whole chapter and see what he's talking about there. Right. And we can conclude yeah. that whenever the tribulation of those days happen, he's coming back after that. Yeah. And, and so that gives us a general timeline for it. But like you said, we, we will not know the day or the hour that that's going to happen. We'll have speculation because there's other events that are going to happen that may lead us to an understanding of, hey, you know, three and a half days from now, we're getting out of here. But this particular scripture, if, if that's all you knew, you could share that with somebody and tell them, look, Jesus himself said immediately after the tribulation of those days. But we've, we've got other scripture that backs it up as well. All right, 1 and, Corinthians 15, go there. Yeah, please. All right, starting in verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming, then cometh to the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. Okay, so that scripture right there, Vince, gives us 
key information there. It says Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. We know this also because in Acts chapter 1, we see when Jesus goes up into heaven, he's standing there talking to the disciples and he actually ascends up into heaven until he's hidden from their sight in the clouds. Well, we get the same view of that at the uh, resurrection of the two witnesses. When in Revelation chapter 11, you see the two witnesses uh, hear a voice that says, come up here, and then they ascend as their enemies watch until they disappear in the clouds. Well, Jesus' resurrection is what our resurrection is going to look like because he was the first fruits of the resurrection. And so from that, we see this scripture tells us that. And then it says, but every man in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, and then afterward, they that are Christ's, at his coming. So anybody that belongs to Jesus Christ will be resurrected at his coming. It goes on to say there that then cometh the end when he shall deliver up the kingdom of God. So when the kingdoms of earth become the kingdoms of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, that's when this happens. It tells you clearly right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, but it goes on Later in that chapter, just so that you understand, this is talking about not only a resurrection of the dead, but we who are alive and left. And and that's in 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 51, Vince. All right. It says, Behold, I show you a mystery. I love a good mystery, Doug. Right. Don't we all? Yeah. Question four. It's coming. It's a mystery for now. Uh, Continuing on. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last Trump. Does that have anything to do with Donald Trump? No. Some have asked. <laughs> it doesn't. I'm surprised I didn't make the top five. Right. Um, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Okay, so right there it tells us that not everybody is going to be resurrected from the dead, that some of us will be alive and left, and then we're going to be changed uh, in an instant, we're we're going to go from being mortal to immortal in the blink of an eye. And so it's going to happen very fast. But there's also another clue that's given there, Vince. Like you said, the last Trump could have anything to do with Donald Trump. It actually has to do with the last trumpet. And that's what I was referring to earlier in Revelation 11. But this, we, we see that in Revelation 11, the verses prior to verse 15... Uh, we see the death of the two witnesses and then they lay in the street for three and a half days. And then the Lord comes and there's a voice from heaven saying, come up here. And that's when the two witnesses are resurrected. And then it says in that same hour, there's a great earthquake. And then Revelation eleven fifteen is where we pick up next. And the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And skipping to verse 18, And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou, that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servant, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Okay, so here we see the same timing that we just heard in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. We see that this reward is coming for the prophets and the servants, the saints, 
and that it is time for the kingdom of God to be established. Same thing we just read in 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, the kingdom of God and the rapture happens here at that seventh trumpet, the same trump that Paul was referring to in 1 Corinthians 15. And what is our reward? Our reward is the inheritance that we get to uh, be children of God, that we get to go and live with Christ forever in heaven. Daniel is a prophet. And in the book of Daniel, chapter 12, he was told, Daniel, go thy way, close up the words of this book. It's not for you, it's for the people of the end. You shall rest, and then at your allotted time, you shall receive your inheritance. That's Daniel's inheritance, and it happens at the seventh trump. So, lets us know. It's very clear right there in Scripture. There's also another Scripture that we like to show folks, and it's in Revelation chapter 20. All right, and it starts verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Yes, yeah, so here we have proof that we're going through the tribulation. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24, immediately after the tribulation of those days. So here we know that the mark of the beast is not given out until the tribulation. Yet these people who died because they refused to take the mark of the beast and because of their witness for Jesus Christ, they were killed. They had their heads cut off and they were killed. But they came to life and reigned and ruled with Christ for a thousand years. It says this is the first resurrection because the rest of the dead, they didn't rise until the thousand years were, were finished. Well, they'll rise up and that's when the great white throne judgment happens. This scripture says that those who are part of the first resurrection, they're blessed and holy if they have part of that because the second death have no power, but they'll be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Well, the second death is described later in Revelation 20. At the end of the great white throne of judgment, it says the second death is the lake of fire. So the people who don't rise again until the thousand years are ended, they'll be part of that great white throne judgment. But those of us who go up in the rapture are the first resurrection. We're going to be priests and we're going to reign and rule with Jesus for a thousand years. So when does the rapture happen? When does the resurrection happen? It's immediately after the tribulation and it's at the seventh trumpet. Absolutely. So what year is that? Is it 2030? Yeah, we don't know, Vince. There's, the Bible doesn't tell Could us. Could it be this year? It, it, we know when that final seven years starts that we're going to have seven years until Jesus comes back. But that so the rapture is not happening in 2022? It hasn't. Or in 23, or in 24, <laughs> or in 25. No. All right. Well, All right. <laughs> that one might have been the controversial question. I don't know, but uh, we'll be getting to 3, 4, and 5 after the break. Don't forget to go to endtime.com slash future and watch our new trailer. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end time events are happening around the world every day. 
How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Today we are talking about five answers to questions about the end time. We've already covered question one, which is where is rapture, the word rapture in the Bible? And the second question was when does the rapture or the resurrection happen? We answered both in detail. We're not going to get into that again. If you're joining us live, you'll have to watch the archive show at watch.endtime.com or at endtime.com. That'll be available in about an hour or less. So be sure to do that. The third question. Are we ready for number three, Doug? Do you have anything to add there before we move on to number three? No, I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Number three. Who is the he in Daniel 9.27? Now, to me... I'm going, some people are going to go, what in the world are they, t- who's the he? That doesn't mean anything to me. Right. But apparently that's a hot topic. It is a hot topic and there's a reason for it. But maybe we should read the scripture first and let everybody know what we're talking that about. That would be a and, good idea. Okay, let's do that. Uh, 927, Daniel 927 says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So who's that he? goes on to say, And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. So good question. Who in the world yeah. is the he? Is it Jesus? Well, some people say that. And so there, there's a reason is why... Is it Titus? Well, some people believe that too. Some people believe that this is a prophecy that's already been fulfilled, that this is not a, a futuristic prophecy. But uh, we know that we as Christians, Vince, we understand that Jesus died for us, right? And, and that that stopped the sacrifices. But this is not the sacrifice that it's talking about here. Remember in uh, Revelation 11, 
uh, verse 1 and 2, Vince, we see in that scripture that John was told to measure the temple, mm-hmm. the altar, the worshipers there. But don't measure the outer court because it will be trodden down by the Gentiles uh, for 42 months. And so it lets us know that there's going to be a temple in the end time, uh, that the, it's going to be shared on that temple mount, and that the outer court will be given to the Gentiles. Well, we know from looking at uh, topographical pictures from being on the Temple Mount ourselves that the Dome of the Rock is actually where the outer court would be in the part that John was told not to measure. This is how we understand there's going to be worshipers there. There's going to be an altar there. So there's going to be worshiping going on. You've heard Dave recently talk about the red heifer and how there's been 20-something red heifers found here in Texas that they've shipped over to Israel. And so they're getting ready for a temple. They're getting ready to sacrifice a red heifer so that they would have the ashes to make the temple mount clean so that the priest can go up there. So anyway, having said all that, some people say that Jesus was the one. But let's look at Daniel 9.26 because it tells us about Jesus here and it tells us some information. It's a good idea. Go to the verse right before. Yeah, absolutely. Daniel 9.26, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. But not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. Yes, so here we see that it's talking about the prince of the people that shall come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. Well, verse 27 is actually referring back to that prince of those people. The people there, we know from history is Rome. And you, you mentioned Titus. Titus was the general that actually did this. He, they have the Titus Arch in Rome where it shows Titus bringing the menorah back from the Temple Mount into Rome. And uh, so that's why people believe that this uh, prophecy may have already been fulfilled and that Jesus fulfilled the stopping of the sacrifices. But here's what we understand. We understand from that verse 26, that the Antichrist will come from a rebirthed Holy Roman Empire or what we consider the EU. We know that the EU is actually the reborn Holy Roman Empire. And so uh, up until the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, there were still sacrifices going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection did not stop those Jews who didn't believe Jesus was the Messiah from doing uh, the sacrifices. Not until 70 AD was that stopped when the temple was destroyed. And so that's why the Jews are chomping at the bit to get there and, and build the temple and begin these sacrifices over because they believe that they'll be cleansed uh, from their sins. Well, we as Christians, I alluded to this a while ago, we know that Jesus died for our sins and he stopped us from having to do sacrifices. Hebrews 9.12 tells us that. It says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Yeah, so Jesus, he, he was that one-time sacrifice for all times. When we are uh, born again and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, his, his death covers our sins and we're reborn into uh, righteousness because of what Christ did for us on Calvary. So we, we know that. But here's the evidence that the he here is the Antichrist. Okay, Even if somebody doesn't agree with us that the Antichrist is going to come from the Holy Roman Empire, You have to agree after you hear these scriptures, I believe, 
that the he is referring to the Antichrist. So in this case, we're talking about Daniel 9.27 and who the he is. Right. We went back one verse. Now we're going back one chapter. Daniel 8, mm-hmm. 9, which is important. Right. As we know, there weren't chapters and verses. This is one letter, right. one recording. And so to separate them and try to imply that maybe they're not related is not wise. Right. And so we should rewind and look and see what else Daniel has to say. Yeah, absolutely. So chapter 8, starting in verse 9, says, And out of one of them came forth a little horn, which waxed exceeding great toward the south and toward the east and toward the pleasant land. And it waxed great even to the host of heaven, and it cast down some of the host and of the stars to the ground and stamped, stamped upon them, Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and the place of the sanctuary was cast down. And so this is talking about the little horn. Okay, the little horn also, if you back that up and you go one more chapter back, I didn't do that today in in these scriptures, but in Daniel chapter 7, it tells us that a little horn is going to rise up out of the Ten Horn Kingdom, which we believe is the Holy Roman Empire or the EU. And this little horn rises up. He is the one that does all these things. The little horn there is the Antichrist. The little horn is the one that makes war against the saints. He's the one that uh, is going to be thrown into the fire at the end of the judgment. And so uh, here we go with Daniel. If we look Back now into Daniel chapter 11, we look at another place where this is talking about that same king that rises up at the end time. All right, starting in verse 31. An arm shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. Then on down to verse 36. And the king shall do according to his will... And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper till the indignation by accomplished be accomplished, excuse me, for that is determined shall be done. Okay, so this same person, it's telling us in verse 31, the same thing, he takes away the daily sacrifice. He causes the abomination Uh, That makes it desolate. So the abomination of desolation. uh, We'll talk about what that means in just a second. Uh, But then it says in verse 36 that the king will do according to his will and he'll exalt himself and he'll magnify himself above every God and speak marvelous things against the God of gods. So he's going to speak these abominations out. And Paul tells us more information about this event in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It says, Now beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as, as far as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this one scripture gives us so much information there 
Vince, first of all, the topic of what Paul's talking about is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together unto him. So he's talking about the same thing that we were talking about in Matthew 24 a while ago with the, the rapture or the resurrection, us being gathered together at his coming, at the Lord's coming. He says this can't happen until this man of sin is revealed. So he talks about this guy and he tells us who he is, the man of sin, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above everything that's called God. And look at where he does it at, Vince. He does it in the temple. Gives us another understanding that there is going to be a rebuilt temple in the end time. And that before Christ comes back, we're going to know who this guy is. It falls right in line with what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 15 through uh, 21, where he says immediately uh, after the tribulation of those days. Well, he says that the abomination of desolation triggers the great tribulation. Then he says immediately after the tribulation of those days is when he comes back. Paul's story lines up with that because he said Jesus is not coming back. We're not being gathered to him until we see this event first. Well, then Jesus tells us it'll be three and a half years after that event that he's coming back. So all those things come together and make a beautiful picture of a lot of things. But this tells us for sure it is the Antichrist, the son of perdition, that does this, that causes the abomination and desolation, that stops the animal sacrifices. And the son of perdition is not Jesus. No. The son of perdition was not Titus. Right. It's the coming Antichrist. Yes. That's in the future. Yeah. Which is what we talk about in our new lesson. There you go. The future. Available today for the first time ever. The future. You can go to endtime.com slash future and watch our trailer on that. Uh, it's a couple minutes long. It will give you kind of an inside scoop on what is coming for that lesson, which ships in uh, April, May. It's, uh, I was trying to figure out the month right now. We're in April. It ships in May, and you can pre-order it today. You'll be one of the first ones to get that DVD. So go to endtime.com slash future to learn more, or you can call us at 800-END-TIME. Some people want to know, can I mail it in? Absolutely. Uh, you can mail it in. You can call us to get our address. I would give it, but... It, it's a long address, so don't want to bore anyone with that information. Now, five questions, Doug. That's what we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Five answers to questions about the end time. We get these questions frequently. Yeah. The first question was, where is the rapture in the Bible? The quick answer is, the word rapture is not there, but the event is there, and we right. call it the rapture. You can go back and watch for the whole, full explanation. The second question, when does the rapture or the resurrection happen? There are several verses about that that we discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quick answer is it's immediately after the tribulation, but we can't tell you what day or year, but we can tell you not 2022. Right. There's no rapture coming this year. No. There's no rapture coming next year. How do we, well, we, we already talked about that. I won't get into that. <laughs> huh. I almost got us in trouble. It's at the seventh trumpet is, is what we concluded, and there's yeah. more details on that. And then the third, who is the he in Daniel 9:27? Not Jesus, not Titus. It's the Antichrist who will be reviewed in the very near future. Question number four is coming up after the break. This is the one that might be the most controversial, so you won't want to miss it. Uh, We'll be right back with question number four and taking your calls. 
I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. Now is the time, if any, uh, if there ever was one, to share this video. We're getting to question number four, which will get things a little more dicey than it has been. So, uh, share this video. Make sure your friends know about uh, this question that's coming up. Um, also, we are going to take your calls, 877-363-8463, excuse me, 877-END-TIME is the number to join us. Maybe we missed a question. Maybe you feel like one should have been in the top five that we didn't list. That's okay. You can ask it, and we'll do our best to respond accordingly. Now, number four, Doug. <laughs> yeah. We should have some like music that comes or in. Or at least go, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Number four, is the Pope the Antichrist? We get this question all the time, and a lot of people believe. I mean, even after we explain, a lot of people are still going to believe the the Pope is the Antichrist, but according to what we know from the Bible, the Pope will not be the Antichrist. Well, that's good news. Yeah, but... Well, maybe the maybe your priest will agree with that. <laughs> He'd probably agree with that, but here comes the bad news. Uh-oh. Whoever holds that office of the Pope at the time that the Antichrist is revealed at that abomination of desolation, whoever the Pope is at that time is going to be the false prophet. And that's, that's pretty where, heavy, Doug. It's very heavy. But but here's the thing. That's where people get tripped up all the time, Vince, because people think they, they don't really know that there's two beasts that are talked about in Revelation chapter 13. There's the one world uh, government and the beast being the Antichrist uh, that rules over that government. And then there's another one uh, later on in the chapter. So here's what we know and another reason why we believe that this will be a revived Holy Roman Empire type of situation. The Holy Roman Empire has always had a political leader and a spiritual leader. The spiritual leader has always been the Pope. Uh, the first uh, Roman, Holy Roman Empire uh, emperor was Charlemagne and that was in on Christmas Day in 800 AD. And so... The world government is going to be modeled after that. We're going to have a political leader that's going to be the Antichrist and then a spiritual leader that will be um, the false prophet. And so here's how we know that there's two of them, okay? Other than, than where I'm going to take you in 13, if we look at Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, it tells us some information there. I hope you can recover from this one, Doug. <laughs> to come out and say the Pope will be the false prophet that's prophesied about in the book of Revelation. 
yeah. is strong. I know it is. It's going to push a lot of people away. Well, it's going to wake a lot of folks up, too. And I think, I think people are starting to realize. Well, before they get mad at you, I suppose, yeah. and, and us, and say, I'm never watching again, maybe they'll slow down. I hope they're not saying that. Well, some people might, but maybe, maybe just give us a few more minutes so we can read these scriptures yeah, absolutely. and talk more about that and then perhaps shed some light on this very bold statement. Yeah. Revelation 19, starting in verse 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet, so there is a false prophet, Mm -hmm. that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. That's more bad news, Doug. Yeah, it is bad news, but not, uh, <laughs> it, it didn't, didn't, make any, didn't make this easier at all. <laughs> right. It's probably not going to get any easier, but the proof is there. So okay. so these both, it says, were cast into the lake of fire. So there's two of them. Okay. The beast, which is the Antichrist, and the false prophet. Now, we have to look at the scriptures that talk about the false prophet in Revelation 13 and where it breaks that down and what will his role be as false prophet. Okay. 13, so, starting in verse 11. Yes. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon, and he exercised all power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. Okay, so he is going to look like a lamb. We know the lamb is Jesus Christ. Uh, when we think of a lamb, that's what we think of. This guy's going to look holy. He's going to look like a lamb, but he's going to talk like the dragon or the devil. And it says that he's going to do these great wonders, and he's even going to pull fire down from heaven. So one of the things, Vince, that you can think about is uh, when Samuel built the first temple and they were going to have the uh, the sacrifice, fire came down from heaven and burned up that sacrifice. Well, we're going to have the Antichrist who is going to stand in a rebuilt Jewish temple. He's going to say that he's God and to be worshipped. And he's going to have this false prophet. He's going to have this most holy man. That's somebody that will be recognized around the world as being a very holy person. And this guy's going to pull fire down. I can only imagine. I don't know from Scripture, but I can. I got a pretty good imagination. And I could see them doing something like that because Satan likes to mimic God. And he has this guy standing there who's going to claim to be the Messiah and God. And he's going to have this holy man that's going to bring fire down. I could see them burning up a sacrifice that the Jews have prepared that they're getting ready to do. And boom. And then he points the way to the Antichrist and said, here's your Messiah. Uh, I can see that happening. We also know that the Jewish people are looking for Elijah. And Elijah, one of the things he did was bring fire down from heaven and burn up an altar. Uh, and then the bell worshipers were all killed that day. So th- the thing is, is it looks like because the Jewish people are looking for Elijah, this false prophet will do something like an Elijah that will deceive people and make them believe a lie. So that's one of the things he does. 
But he also is the one that will force everybody to worship the beast and to take the mark. And that's in Revelation 13 as well. Starting in verse 16, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it's the number of a man, and his number is six hundred, three score and six. Yeah, so in conclusion there, I, I know that there's a lot of people that could argue that that's not going to be the Pope. That's just going to be some religious leader. But think in your mind right now, who is the most recognized religious leader in the world? Who is a religious leader that's had things to do with the New World Order? Remember when we talked about uh, the Four Horsemen and we talked about Catholicism, Communism, Capitalism. Those three leaders were at the fall of the Berlin Wall meetings. They were the ones that started kicking around the idea that there's going to be a new world order after that wall came down. It was Gorbachev, it was our President Bush, the first Bush, and it was the Pope at the time that came together and started all that. So you've got the Roman Catholic Church and the Pope, the leader of that church, that's very much involved with world politics and with the push for a one world government. Well, and we have hours of content on this subject alone, yeah. first of all. It's on Into the Age Plus. Go to watch.endtime.com. You can search uh, Antichrist and false prophet, you'll get a number of results. Uh, we have articles on endtime.com as well for that. But um, for this in particular, Doug, do you know who the leader is of the Baptist Convention? I have no idea. How about who's the head Buddhist? Like, what? Don't know. Muslim? I have no idea. Any other religious group? Mm-mm. But you know who the Pope is? Yeah, absolutely. Always in the news. Yeah. Always at all these events you reference. Always at the every stinking convention or whatever. You know that I don't know how you could point to any other religious leader. Yeah, that alone. But again, we have hours of content where we go in detailed ex- explanations on on why that is the case. Yeah. But that alone, to me, is so convincing. It's just like we don't know who these other people are. Right. Now that doesn't necessarily mean it couldn't be them, but. Once you look at the facts around who that will be, it's like, who else could it be? Yeah. And what other religious leader do all the leaders of the world go and meet with? Every leader of the world has gone and met with the Pope for an hour, hour and a half at a time. So, yeah. very interesting. Well, Doug, we're not going to have time to, to do question number five and take yeah. some calls. Yeah. So, let's. can we do five really quick? Like, we won't give any scripture. We won't give any explanation. <laughs> we'll just... Plant the seed and see what happens. Sure, Is that because okay? yeah, because you can actually go and, and search for this on End Time too, and all the information's there. Okay. Yeah. Who is Mystery Babylon? Question number five. Yeah. So we believe that Mystery Babylon is Rome and the Vatican. It's there's many clues about it. You can you can go to our website, like Vince said, and you can search that out. And all the clues are given there. There's a lot of clues there that point the way. A lot of people teach Mystery Babylon's America. That's not what Scripture says. All right, that's pretty straightforward. But like we, like you said, there those clues are listed on our website and in great detail. We do want to get to the calls. Uh, let's go to Moshi in Massachusetts. Moshi, welcome to End of the Age. Hi, good afternoon. Um, First, oh, let me tell you something. Your end-time Bible chart, by the way, is not only a great prophetic a chart to, to um, 
understand prophecy. I actually use it as a, an evangelical tool, too. It comes in very handy. Um, led people to the Lord with that. So um, Wonderful. Thank you, you for sharing. You just, yeah, so I think if there's anything you could say, uh, Irvin Baxter did such a wonderful job, and um, the way he constructed that, and I'm sure there are other people that helped them, but it really does open people's eyes up and uh, show them great gospel truth. But here's my question. I know when Irvin Baxter was around, he had developed a, um, what's a place, a place over in Israel, I believe it was in Jerusalem, for the two prophets that were supposed, I believe it's Revelation chapter 11, where the two prophets come in who uh, cannot be touched. They do great wonders and uh, basically are leading the Jewish people to uh, repentance and to understanding who their Messiah is. Um, is that still in operation, and what's being done with that? It is still in operation. It's when we launched the Jerusalem Prophecy College. So we currently have classes going there uh, multiple times a week. One of Once a week, we're actually uh, teaching that class. Uh, Dave comes into our studio and remotes in and teaches over... Um, a video display there live, like a FaceTime call almost. And so uh, that's happening every single week, and there's other gatherings going on there, and we are you know, connected to the Jewish agency there. We've talked a little bit about that. So it is still happening, and we do still have plans to be there and be part of that revival that's coming. Okay, that's great to hear. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I appreciate you folks. You're doing a great job. Um, and you, you were kind of an answer to prayer for me, because back in the early 90s, I had some, oh, what's the best word way to put it, misgivings on some of the ways that end-time prophecy was being taught. And uh, Erwin Baxter came along, and I said, oh, my goodness, here's somebody that's thinking in the, along the same lines I am. Now, he, he had much better insights, but um, there were just some things that didn't add up to me, and he really clarified things. So you guys are doing a terrific job. I pray for you and for all the work you're doing, okay? Thank you so much, Moshe. God bless you. All right, Doug, five, question, five answers to questions about the end times. Mm-hmm. We covered them. We did. Sort of. That yeah. last one didn't get the coverage it needs. Maybe that's a show for another day. We've talked yeah. about it a lot, though, like you said, endtime.com, and you can search that out. Do you have anything to add in the 15 seconds we have left? No, just, uh, you know, the Bible says that we need to look up because our redemption draweth nine. We're getting closer every day. So. We sure are. Go to endtime.com slash future to watch the trailer for our brand new video. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463 or visit us online at endtime.com.